I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Welcome to Mulmaneal Property with John Pigeon and Emily Wallace. Today we are talking about the rental crisis and, and it has been touched upon in some previous episodes and in the main show, uh, but navigating our way through it as a tenant or a potential tenant, but also coming to you from the landlord's point of view as well and, and just seeing both sides of the, of the coin. So we'll thrash that out together and we'll get started. Let's do it. So, John, I think it's very evident we are in a rental crisis. There's no denying that. And as you said, we've touched on it in episodes, but I think the angle of dedicating an episode to this is more about, we know there is a rental crisis. What can we do about it? What can we practically talk through that would help people on both sides of the fence? Because it's kind of come out of nowhere, but by the same token, if we were to reflect on what we might expect coming out of um, the pandemic, it probably was a little bit predictable that things would bounce back quite hard. And the underlying issue, as always, has been supply. But there's not an immediate fix that we can provide for that right now. No. And, and when you look, as you mentioned, why the rental crisis has occurred, it's 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 very simple. There's there's more people wanting houses than there are houses available, right? So um, when that's happening, there's a squeeze on the on the demand, which pushes up the price. And basically, the bottom end of the markets or market where, wherever you may live uh, are priced out to the point where in some cases, unfortunately, it can lead to homelessness, can't it? Which is extremely mm. sad and unfortunate and, and people living in caravan parks and cabins and, and it's just a, a disaster for, for a lot of people um, through, in a lot of cases, no fault of their own. So we, we want to provide hopefully some insight or some solutions or some tips and tricks to be able to uh, best present yourself and, and give yourself the best possible chance to, to get yourself a, a dwelling to live in. So starting at the very beginning, and, and this, uh, what I'm speaking to is you are a tenant seeking a rental property. I think the biggest thing before you even go into looking physically inspecting properties is understanding really what your bare minimums are and, and also with the appreciation that this residence you're about to enter is probably only going to be temporary in some way, shape or form, whether you plan to buy later, whether you plan to move area or maybe where you secure ends up getting sold. It's very rare that someone would have a rental property and be in a tenancy for years upon years. We love those people, don't get me wrong, but it's very rare that that happens. So I think coming back to the fundamentals of you're not in a market where you can be really picky 
it's not the rental market that we're in. We need to look at bare minimums of location and accommodation and start with that. And when you're surfing realestate.com and domain, I think don't be too dismissive of maybe older style looking properties or properties that, you know, maybe have a slight compromise internally to actually get the outcome that you want. Yeah, we do have to drop our ego, drop our priorities, drop our tastes, drop our feelings and and just say, well, we need to have a roof over our head and we need to accept what's available to us. And and when you talk about realestate.com and domain, majority of properties don't even make the online, do they? It, it, they're just gone well before them because property managers have a list or a database and when a property is uh, comes through their, their office, they look to their database first and foremost and, and work their way through that list and, and take the best resumes. So how do we look appealing to the, uh, the, the rental management team? I think the biggest thing is an application form only provides so much information. I think you really need to fill the gaps. So what I mean by that is application forms usually have got your stock standard information some ID required, some employment history required, that sort of thing. And obviously rental history, if you do have any, but filling in the gap, say for example, um, you've moved around a little bit job wise or rental wise, or, you know, circumstances have changed. Don't underestimate the value of a very high level one page cover letter to fill in those gaps for that landlord to give them a bit more peace of mind. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, so what we're saying is we've got to do more than what everyone else out there is doing. Yeah. You really have to, same as I liken this to when it was a seller's market, mm. you know, buyers were going the extra mile to get themselves into the market. So it, the same thing applies in the rental space. I don't necessarily believe that means offering more rent. In fact, in some states, that's actually illegal to do. Yes. Um, but I do think it's trying to make yourself as known as possible. And back to your point, John, about the fact that property managers release properties to their database, get yourself on that database, you know, make friends with the property managers. How can you make yourself known so that the next property that comes up that ticks your boxes is a, of a choice to you? Yeah, absolutely. And, and would you Make yourself known, like you, you go and hand in a resume or an application and you miss out on one. Uh, do, do you go back into the office and not not say be a pest, but you, you've got to be a squeaky wheel to some extent in the process, don't you? Like a, it might be a, a once a week visit to um, to each property management office and, and just get to know them by name and, and be well-dressed and be... Um, yeah, well-mannered and, and all the basics, I suppose, of uh, to, to give yourself the best chance. And, and the property manager turns around and says, oh, I remember that um, girl or guy that came in that day. Uh, let's, let's give them a fighting chance. Yeah, I think humans by nature want to help other humans, you know. So if you can make yourself known that you are, you're in need of help to get to where you want to be and putting the face to the name beyond the application forms, I can't see how that would be of detriment. I feel like it could only be of benefit to the application process and getting you into a rental sooner. I also think secondary to that is leveraging your existing network. There is a high chance if you have a good network of friends or a bigger family, someone knows someone who's a property manager, 
that's usually like there's heaps of property matters across Australia. Don't underestimate the value of tapping into a friend of a friend who might be able to help you out as well because an applicant who is known through somebody to a property manager, generally speaking, gets some level of preference, even though they probably won't admit that. Yep. That's generally what happens. Yep. Unfortunately, word of mouth and it's not what you know, it's who you know is, is very evident in Australia. So yeah, tell everyone that that's what you're after and you're, you're in need of a home and, and we're flexible with location and flexible with type of dwelling and whatever it might be um, to, to be able to hopefully have uh, have someone ring you up and, and not you have to knock the doors down. But uh, would you... Would you do a video? Would you like? I'm just Ooh. thinking, being creative out of the out of the box that no one's prepared to do. You send in your application. You send in your resume. Uh, they they might receive 120 or 150 of these things. Right? What are we doing that's maybe different? Have we have we got ourselves? We, we email through a, a, a 30 second video of ourselves. This is who I am. This is what I do. Um, this is what my interests are. This is my values. Uh, it doesn't need to be fancy, just an organic um, video. I don't know. I love it. I hadn't thought of that, but I think that would definitely stand out very similar to uh, when you apply for jobs, you know, standing mm. out of the pack. How does that, what does that look like? I think that would be awesome. And if I receive that as a landlord, I'm like, that person is proactive and that's yeah. the sort of tenant I want. That's right. Yeah. And and you, you get to know the personality, I suppose, because it's very hard to read a personality on a, on a piece of paper. Yeah, exactly. I think putting that, that personal touch to it is probably really key. I think uh, the other thing is being really transparent up, up front. So what I mean by that is there's a lot of cases where someone will apply for a rental and they'll put their name on the lease and stuff. And then a little bit down the track, they'll want to sublet it or they'll want to add more people. Like just tell it how it is from the get-go because it actually can put a bad taste in the landlord's mouth if you sort of drip feed information once you've got the lease secured and could put you at risk of, you know, potentially maybe a non-renewal. Maybe they just decide once the 12 months is up, we're actually not renewing, you know, we're looking for a new tenant. I think, uh, yeah, being transparent about everything, including pets. Everyone hides their pets. I don't know why people do that. The <laughs> By pet the way, is I've got found. a big great Dane. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I've got a tame lion that's yeah. coming to live. Uh, yeah, just be upfront about it. Like yeah. majority of Australians have a pet. So the chances of your landlord also having a pet and understanding having a pet in the property is probably not going to be as problematic as you think. No, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so just uh, again, if I'm in this position, what am I prepared to do? A- am I putting up um, like posters or notes in, in shops in the local area? Uh, again, that's showing initiative. It's old school, but it, it's worth a try. It might take half an hour of your time to create some. Um, Maybe in the country. <laughs> I think that's a, that sounds like a country thing. I feel like the modern version of that, John, is posting in the community Facebook groups. Yeah, true. But the yep. the uh, the, uh, the news travels very fast in the local area at the local hairdressing salon, doesn't it? That's true. That is very true. Sometimes you got to yeah bring it back to the community, the physical community, not the virtual Facebook yeah. world. Yeah. So yes. the the youth like Emily are going to go online and do it. I'm actually going to uh, get my pen and paper and and stick it up on the notice board. 
There's another avenue too that's kind of like a feels like a sneaky backdoor in into the rental market, and that is when people are breaking their lease. Uh, and they're actually replacing the tenants effectively. You still need to be approved by the agency, but uh, usually advertised on Gumtree or there are Facebook specific groups called like lease breakers, whatever area. Uh, that could be a way that you're not just limiting yourself to what you're finding online. You're actually taking over someone's lease. And in that instance, probably the biggest pro or the biggest, the best way you could make yourself look attractive in that situation is uh, minimal crossover for the current tenant. So if you can take on the lease sooner and they don't have to double up in paying rent and a mortgage or rent for that place and rent for the next place, then that could be a good way to get in as long as you understand if a renewal would be possible or what the intentions are of that tenant that you're taking over from. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's an, it's a creative one. Uh, another one might be to actually understand what's selling in the area and seeing, okay, if an investor's buying this, uh, they may be wanting to rent it out. So we might see them on auction day. We might just generally talk to the, the real estate agent about who's selling it, when's it sold, when's it settle. Um, that, yeah. So not backdoor, but just being creative in, in your knowledge of the area. Yeah, if an investor can have a tenant from day dot, like that's the best, yeah, the totally. best case scenario. So that's a really good one as well. Um, the other thing in all of this is probably considering if you need a property. This is only for certain circumstances, but understanding if you need a full property to yourself or if you can go into a share house. And I am seeing a real uptake in share houses, particularly in Melbourne at the moment the amount of adverts that are on one of the Facebook groups I'm part of is people are offering up more rooms in their property to help combat the cost of living, but also people are willing to share and be a housemate because they get the amenity of a full house plus a bedroom and it's actually cheaper than getting a two-bedroom apartment, for example. That's cool. Yeah, not not for everyone, but again, it's a roof over your head and it might have to be done for, for a short period of time even though you don't like the thought of it. Yeah. One thing to touch on just before we do head to a break and in the second half, we'll touch on more of the landlord's component of this whole rental crisis. One thing that a lot of people underestimate is the cost associated in changing your rental. So you might be a tenant at the moment and you might've received a, an increase in your weekly rent. A lot of people are getting this at the moment. Rate rises, the mortgages are higher for the landlords. They're kind of in a way passing it on to the tenants. Let's say, let's take a hypothetical situation. Say you're paying 500 a week in rent and the landlords bump that up by 20 bucks a week. So in a year, that's call it $1,000 extra for you to uh, keep that property. Now, when some people receive a rental increase notice, their immediate reaction is, well, I'll just find somewhere else. I'm not prepared to pay that. I'll find somewhere else for the same amount I'm paying now. What they forget to consider is the cost of moving and potentially changing out different furniture and potentially doubling up on rent for a period of time as well, which at a guess would surpass the $1,000 mark as an overall exercise. Totally, yeah. Not Not to mention the fact that, They've got to find something else anyway that's probably pretty scarce to begin with. Indeed. So 
whilst it can hurt to have a rental increase and the initial reaction can be a bit scary and, you know, oh my gosh, my living, you know, cost is going up every week. I think you do need to reconsider the overall picture of what the opportunity cost is for you if you do decide to move uh, and just keep in mind that it's not always just about the weekly rent. It is about the overarching costs of living, which can involve removalists, furniture, new connections for NBN, you know, gas, electricity, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so just absolutely. keep that in mind instead yeah. of a knee-jerk reaction. And don't be afraid to push back to the property manager if there is a potential uh, rental increase to say, well, okay, I've done my research and you're proposing $20 a week like you mentioned, Emily, but what I'm seeing out there is that this property is only worth X amount to rent. Um, now, if, you, if you're seeing the opposite, then maybe there's no pushback um, sort of required, but yeah, you, you can you can do your own research and and realise what is going rent and and what's too much because you might just have a greedy landlord that wants to get maximum dollars. Um, so yeah, push back and and just ask the question. Unless you ask, the answer is always no. So it's always always worth going forward for that sort of thing. That's right. Now. Before we get onto the landlord situation mm. or, or the landlord's side of things, I, I spoke to a group of Year Twelve students yesterday. Oh, at school? Yes, at uh, at a high school here locally, and a lot of them were sitting in the room doing the Year Twelve. Couldn't wait to get out of their own home that they're living mm-hmm. in because mum and dad, whatever, I've had enough of them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I said, look, <laughs> that's great. It's great you want your independence, but this is what's happening out on the streets. There's, there's, a, there's absolutely a rental crisis, okay? Stay at home for as long as you can because that avoids that whole, I need to go and find a house. It's going to cost me $400 a week or I have to share a house with someone I don't like and, and blah, blah, blah. So understanding what options are available to you is the, is the key component of that. You say, well, okay, can I move back home? No, I don't really want to do it. And yes, I have to drop my ego and say, look, mum and dad or mum, can we make it work sort of thing? Like, because it's a bit of short-term pain for long-term gain and just see our way through this period of time that allows us to maybe save a deposit for a house sooner uh, and then we're on our way. Um, so have a look at the options available to you on the table because there may be more options up your sleeve than you think. And that idea, and maybe it is even, you know, not moving out of home so soon or moving back home, and we've touched on this many a time, there is nothing wrong with that. And it's only temporary. Like it's a solution to the problem that is at hand and nothing stays the same way forever. Like Imagine if the the rental market stayed exactly as it was for, you know, five, ten years. It just it won't. It will ebb and flow. It always does. So yeah, I think not being afraid to do things that actually put you in a better position, even though it might be going against the grain or a bit, you know, different to what you used to, is actually really important. And and finishing on that, the out of the box thinking may give you a result here. Like I was speaking to a guy yesterday who's paying $70 a week in rent, uh, moved to the country for work that gave them permanent work because there was a need for that type of, um, of skilled worker and 
as a result, the accommodation was at a heavily reduced price, right? That's so crazy. $70 a week, you $70 say? $70 a week. And, and the savings amount that this guy's having is, is uh, out of this world. So he took a punt and said, right, I'm out of here. I'm out of the city. I'm going to give myself three to five years to go and do something else. This is an opportunity that I, I want to take up. And, uh, and, and he's killed two birds with one stone, essentially. Wow, that's impressive. Mm. And I want to know what the accommodation looks like for 70 bucks a week. I know it's reduced, but that is just like it, unheard of. <laughs> I, I saw it on a Zoom call yesterday. It actually oh. looks okay. Um, oh, but, there you go. Yeah, heavily subsidized. So, yeah, it's, that wouldn't have been market rate that he's paying is heavily reduced. So, yeah, but message again, think outside the square. So hopefully those tips have been helpful for you. Let's take a break. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. We also have a panel of trusted mortgage brokers we can connect you with to get you into your first home, an investment property purchase, or to review your current loan if you don't have a broker. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers, and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. 
I'm going to put my rent up $50 a week if there's no demand for it. The fact is there's a rental crisis, the supply demand's out of kilter and landlords can get away with $50, $150 more because there's a demand, right, and as a supply shortage. So it's a bit of a double whammy. It's like, well, yeah, I'm getting a rate rise, but I'm also getting a rent increase. So it's actually working okay for me. So the problem needs to be fixed, like we said at the start of the episode, is like, well, just let's get more houses out there as quick as we can and, and council stop delaying them and, and allow investors to create more properties. So, uh, but the the whole thing of rental increase is a, is a tough one and a landlord point of view, it's I'm running a business, but I've also got to have empathy. I've got to have empathy for my tenant and I've got to, as you said, if, if it's a good tenant who's been there three to five years or longer and always pays on time, never has an issue, keeps it nice and clean, squeaky clean, we've got to make sure that we reward them in some way, shape or form. And if that's not putting our rent up for the next 12 months or two years, so be it. It's going to come back to help you out later. What was um, Glenn's view on that? that be- like how did it become heated? <laughs> Uh, well, I shouldn't say heated. It's just okay. we just love having a bit of a, a chat. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I was coming from a different angle. It's it's right. not the landlord's – it is the landlord's fault that they're putting it up, but it's not the landlord's fault that there's a rental crisis. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. So there's, so a, there's a balance of having empathy versus running a business. Yes, very much so. And I think there is a level of appreciation for those who are rent vesters because there are a large majority of landlords who are also a tenant themselves. Like they get both sides of the fence. They yes. understand it. And yeah, it is a, a, a balance overall as to what that might look like if you do or don't increase and how much and all that sort of thing. But yeah, I do struggle when I hear people putting up the rents by 50, 100 bucks a week, mm. pricing people completely out. And it can come across as greed, even though the intention might not be there for that. Totally. Yeah. And, and absolutely get it. And, and that's the that's the dilemma everyone's faced with at, at the moment. Um, and, and this this is shouldn't come across as sounding harsh, but if there's $200 on the ground, do we pick it up? Mm. That's the problem that landlords are faced with at the moment. Um, and, and I know in Queensland, it seems to be way worse in Queensland, like Gold Coast, um, Brisbane, rents are increasing by literally $100 a year. Like it's That's it's nuts. a lot of money, isn't it? So, um, yeah, it is, uh, yeah, we need to get this thing under control really quickly. Um, you and I can't solve it by ourselves, but we can have a chat to, to be able to, allow people to see both sides of the of the coin and also to help out those who are in need, right? And hopefully in the first part of this, we've uh, given a couple of tips as to how we can solve the issue for you. Just a question for you, just interested in your opinion of with this being such a crisis and only so many houses, do you think we'll see a slight cultural change? Like in some cultures, it is very common for grandparents, parents, and the kids to all live under the one roof and it might only be in a three-bedroom property. That's just how they've always lived and that's how they'll continue to live. 
I think the typical Aussie sort of family, that's not really what our house looks like as such, that many people in one dwelling. But do you think that that might change by force of being needing to change? I think it has to, doesn't it? Mm. We're we're a product of our own environment. We've the next generations coming through. Um, I don't don't want to say silver spoon, but we've got life's luxuries that we didn't have in the previous generation. So we're used to streaming services. We're used to our own room. We're used to our big TVs. We're used to upgrading our cars. We're, all these things that we've got at our disposal is, is quite luxurious when we compare to the rest of the world. So, yeah, I do think that that will become more of a necessity. Is it ideal? Like, no. Well, we'd love to have our own room. We'd love to be have this space and all the amenities. Does it make us a better person? Probably not. So, yeah, out of out of some necessities comes good things that we can apply in, in life because we've had to go through some potential short-term hard times, so to speak. Just another question off the back of that, not that I'm interviewing you, I just <laughs> the things that are coming to mind. Um, if you're in the position of needing to find an extra two grand a year, let's call it because of a rental increase or because of a rate rise, like on both sides of the fence. Yep. What would be the first thing that you would cull or revisit in your life? Well, there's only two ways, isn't it? Earn more or save more, right? So how do we do that? Well, we work more hours. How many hours? What, what are we worth per hour? Does that mean a second job? No, it's not ideal, but is it a necessity for a short term or is it cutting back on some lifestyle creep that's maybe crept in post, post-COVID? post So for me, what would I do? I'm probably more of a, a type that would, would go and earn more, um, mm. which means, yeah, second job if it needed to be done. What, what would you do? I'd, I'd cut back because I know I can. Yeah. You know, I <laughs> like like – at the moment, I'm doing a no eats November, a uh, no Uber no eat. eats November, no <laughs> do, eats, no, just no food, lean. <laughs> no food, <laughs> no no Uber eats November, and uh, that's because I would easily blow sixty bucks a week on just ordering convenience, really, you know, in two thirty dollar transactions. Yeah, because it's not a priority to me to have food sorted. I'd rather spend time in the business. Sure. So now I'm trying to to balance that a bit more. Uh, and yeah, you know, subscriptions, there's things that, you know, are nice to have. Yeah. I don't really need Netflix. I don't even watch Netflix half the time. Yep. Just little things that I think if I did an audit of my spend, I definitely, I'm not living on bare minimum, put it yeah. that way. So I think that's what I'd revisit first. Then if I revisited that and I couldn't still achieve the outcome of surplus money, then I would work out um, a bit more of where I can work to earn money and yeah. Spend yeah. more hours for more yeah. dollars. So it might it might be a, a combination of both. Um, mm. Would you say? Like I, I was at the supermarket. I really do this, by the way, um, <laughs> with my wife on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, doing as the, in you don't go to the supermarket, or <laughs> yeah, correct. And <laughs> uh, I, I run into this guy that I didn't know, but he started talking to me, and it's like, oh, I'm I'm getting some. I'm looking for some dollar fifty uh, olive oil. I'm like, oh, oh, can you even find that these days? He's like, no, yeah, they, they often have it here. I'm like, okay, it's not here today, so I'm coming back like 
next week when it when it's back again, sort of thing. So he's obviously <laughs> <laughs> that uh, uh, not anal, but forced to basically look for the cheaper items in the mm. in the in the shelves. So. Um, where can we cut back now? If it's for me, fourteen dollar olive oil or a dollar fifty, I probably couldn't tell the difference, right? Um, so, but having a streaming service, say Netflix, fifteen dollars a month, that's not even maybe half an hour of work for someone. So that's where mm-hmm. I'd prefer to go and work another hour if that meant that I could keep my Netflix because that's something that I enjoy or value in my life. If I don't enjoy it or value, like you mentioned, you don't watch it, so you can it. Um, so it's yeah. it's taking a bit of a fine-tooth comb through all of that. But, um, yeah, there's only so much we can pull back on, isn't there? Yeah, agree. There's a lot of Instagram and TikTok accounts to follow as well, not that I have any at the top of my head, but there are a lot of ones that I've noticed now about saving hacks and just also replacements, particularly I think in um, probably more female driven in that like skincare and fashion and that sort of stuff, like the cheaper versions of the real fancy ones. Yeah. Uh, I always find that stuff really interesting uh, when people do the reviews on them and they're practically the same <laughs> yeah. um, or finding things on Amazon that are like a like version of, you know, a branded item. Just a different so, label. Yeah. I mean, the world of Instagram and TikTok and social media is gives us education. You've got to be careful who you watch and who you listen to. But for those sorts of things, why not? Absolutely, yeah. Are you on uh, TikTok? Oh, uh, no. Oh, John. <laughs> we we oh. do have an account but I, I don't manage it or run it or have any involvement in it. <laughs> oh, fair, okay. Are you? Do you like it? Uh, no, I'm actually it's one app that I've been avoiding but I think I do need to get on, um, yeah, on the old TikTok. I think Glenn might be on TikTok actually. I think he is, yeah. Yeah. My, yep. I think my eldest son's on it as well. So I think Got to get up with yeah, the times. Young, young person's <laughs> game, I better get on it. We digress. Uh, So (laughs) I think really in a nutshell, today's episode, what we'd hoped for you to get out of this was if you're a tenant uh, or someone who's looking to rent is understanding how to make yourself stand out in the crowd because there is a crowd out there right now. People are lining up to get into rental inspections, how to be seen and heard and make sure that you've got great relationships with property managers and present yourself well to landlords. And then on the landlord side, it's really considering the balance of running a business versus having a level of empathy for your tenants while there's a massive shortage of supply coupled with rate rises. It's a bit of a perfect storm at the moment for rental increases, but I guess to be aware of what that translates to for tenants uh, and finding a balance in in the madness that is the rental crisis at the moment. Absolutely, and and if you're a landlord tuning in here today, I would just encourage you to to reach out to your property manager and just have a conversation with them and 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 see what they're seeing on the ground and and maybe get a fine balance between your business that you're running as a as an investment property owner and the tenants requirements. So it might be, okay, the the market's telling us that I can demand $50 a week extra here, but I've got a loyal tenant. They look after it well. They pay on time, good people. Uh, tenant, what are you prepared to pay? 
and let them come back to you and f- and strike a balance that gives a win for both um, both parties. And that that's I think uh, in in business we always say leave something on the table for the next person. Well, that's what we're doing here as a landlord. So that's my Uncle John talking today. I think that's a great suggestion, not one I had thought of, and certainly gives the tenant a bit more power, I guess, or influence in in what's happening, particularly with their week-to-week living expenses. Well, I think that brings us to a close for today. Is there anything else to add? No, I think that's all. But yeah, look, it's it's almost becoming like politics and religion, isn't it? This whole rental <laughs> crisis thing. Uh, um, everyone's got a thought process on it and, and an idea and a an opinion. Um, it, there's no right or wrong and it's it's we're all in it together because we're on one side of the fence either physically or emotionally and I think it's really important just to to uh, to talk it out with those around you about how you can get a get a result for yourself in in these hard times if you're trying to find some place to live in for sure we have some exciting episodes coming up in the next couple of weeks this one's been very specific on a, a topic which John and I love doing because we can just go deep dive into one particular section of property but we also want to I guess provide some variation and also just some really cool stories of people who are listeners of the show or a part of the My Millennial community who have been on their own property journey. So definitely listen out in the next couple of weeks. We've got a couple of cool stories to share with you that we're really excited where we actually interview relatively new property investors and property owners, but also people who have owned property for a long time and their journey through that. So definitely keep your ears out for those. Any suggestions you have heading into 2023? We've actually mapped out the rest of this year's content, but we're now planning for next year. So if there's a particular topic you want covered, just tag us in the Facebook group and let us know what it is. And we will either cover it ourselves or get an expert in to talk about it and make sure that we are delivering the content that you would like to hear. Mm, Totally. And if you're just listening to My Millennial Property, we, we obviously thank you. But there is a bigger family, isn't there? So we've got My Millennial Career. There's obviously the main show, My Millennial Money. We have a, a, a Q&A on a, on a Thursday. So, yeah, head across and, and listen to some other people with some, some inspiration and insight. And then make sure you come back to us. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's in, it's in uh, addition to us. So we're not, not replacing us, hopefully. Yeah. No, there's a great network of shows out there. So be sure to check them out. All right. It's been a pleasure. Until next time. We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders past, present and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. Taking your property journey to the next level starts with education. That's why we make this podcast, but we've also created online courses to equip you with the knowledge you need to take the next steps. I've created the Solvair Online Academy, open to both first home buyers and seasoned investors, where I share my tips and experience from 20 years in the property space. And if you're a first home buyer, I have the course just for you. Everything from pre-approval all the way through into your settlement and everything in between. How to place an offer, how to bid at auction, what to even look for at an open home and what questions to ask the agents. It's all covered in my online course. Follow the links in the show notes to sign up and get started today. 
This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.